Shut up, I love it. It's raining, man. Hallelujah. It's raining, man. Shut up. I love it. Have you checked the weather? It is, in fact, raining, man, and it's bloody. I'm Joe Cabello. This and is Shut Up, I Love It. Oh, oh yeah. and I, oh, I'm sorry. I thought that I was my moment. Here. I thought that was my moment to interject. You said, I'm Joe Cabello, and, I, and I'm Jay Hunter, the new and improved co host. Of uh, Shut Up, I Love It. Uh, yes. Back by popular demand, you can't get enough of me. Uh, I've made the show a better show Absolutely. by my presence. Demanded by somebody who's a ween podcast at gmail.com. I'm not sure. Sent in about a thousand requests. But you are here in the co pilot seat. You're the Chewbacca to my Han. You are the goose to my Maverick. You are the balls to my Schlock. Because. We have a special guest here. I love it. We do. We do. Uh, Wait, special let's guest. Say we're, we're off our rhythm, and that's okay because we don't. We don't usually do this. We together. don't normally do this. We haven't described this, yeah. what the podcast is for our first-time listeners, and we hear you out there, first-time listeners. You're eating something. You need to eat quieter. Okay. Well, here I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and describe what the podcast is. So, welcome to Shut Up. I love it. This is your first time listening to the podcast. This is a podcast where some uh, weirdo that we know shows up with some topic that no one cares about, but they care about a lot. Uh, hence the title, Shut Up, I Love It. So this week, uh, the topic is a movie called Men. And this week, our guest... This is insane what you're doing right now. This is insane. First off, I was like, all right, D, uh, C, C, C minus for this description. You've, you've framed it wrong. But not totally inaccurately. But then you just take the thunder away from our guest. And the I, I'm keeping it moving. I'm keeping it moving. See, see that like the the, the the you know the audience members that love me, they love the fact that I keep the business rolling. I keep it going. It's like we're in a rush. We're in the we're driving to work in the morning. We want to know what the I don't think what the concept of the been. podcast is. We want to know what the topic is. We want to know the guest is. We want to get it. Into, into third gear. And We're so just far, this opening gear. has been the yeah. longest ever I, on Shut Up, I Love It. Because I've been interrupted by the by the other hosts. I'm, I'm uh, really that's not the sure only if I we would describe be... you as moving quickly through anything on this podcast. We, we, if it weren't for all these interruptions, we'd be raiding this fucker and we'd right. be moving on. We'd be doing plugs. We'd be saying, thank you, Elizabeth Salud. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Owl, all that shit. That all, would all be happening right now. But instead... <sighs> We got the parking brake this on. Is, this is where we're at. I, I I smell burning plastic. I think the parking brake's on. It is. It smells like a burnt maple <laughs> syrup or something. All right. Our guest here is a writer, screenwriting teacher, podcast host, lover Sasha. lover of fans, who she just turned a fan on. <laughs> in case, always in a case smart you move, in right? case you can hear that in the audience, Pocket. like like the the guest, our our our, our <laughs> illustrious guest turned on a fan, and now she's going over to the drum set, and uh, looks like she's about to play. No, we're here with Sasha Filer. <sighs> Hello, everybody. This was the longest <laughs> intro because it was uh, done by two men. Oh, yeah, why yeah. would you bring that up? Because the topic of today's podcast is the 2022 film by Alex Garland, Men. Yes, uh, and I know what you're thinking. You may not have seen this film as uh, you know you being the audience member, but I, I I know what you're thinking. Men sounds like an awesome movie, right? Like just from the title alone. <laughs> Why? Because everything men or male centric is awesome <laughs> and is cool. Anything. Yeah. Pretty much everything. Like the, the since the history beginning of the history of man, Jay, since, since the inception of time and space and the Jay concepts thereof, man has been ever present and <laughs> has been has been the nurturer. Had, like the reason we're here is because uh, because of many brave men. You know why Jay is riding this wave so so hard and hot? Uh, it's because I know I, I like to keep the episodes evergreen but today is when john johnny depp won the trial even more reason to celebrate <laughs> men do you mean when justice won <laughs> exactly see thank you thank you joe so right. so jay has been on fire he's uh, really hyped up. I, i've got no skin in the game but but it is true we did find out just a few hours ago that johnny depp won so to speak the trial quote unquote uh against his ex-wife amber heard 
Um, I don't really know who's guilty and who's not guilty. I, I just, you know, like I, I just I just read a headline. That's all that happened. Well, it explains the Johnny Depp shirt and the several scar- scarves and fedora you're wearing. And the thick much, silver rings. Yes. Like, I think you're wearing more rings than you have fingers. I mean, if I'm just basing my opinions on like the photographs from the trial, I'm going to say Amber Heard is the not guilty one. Johnny Depp, the guilty one, because Johnny Depp looks like the shade. He looks like a shady pimp from like the matrix or like some, some kind of like Wachowski, like dystopian future where like Johnny Depp is like a, is like a pimp, like gangster or something. I mean, his sense of fashion is very strange. The, the slicked back hair and the ponytails never been a good look for anyone ever. Uh, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's terrible. He's snapping. Okay. Let's get this back on the rails. Yeah. Men, Alex Garland just came out. What is the movie men about other than men? And I think we should just mention that probably we're going to do spoilers for this movie. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. So, spoiler, my, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. My advice would be go to the movie theater or I don't know if it's on demand yet. Watch the film and come back. And now that you're back. And we're back. We're back. Um, yeah. So, Man is about... Um, it's 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 a it's a movie that is more of a poem, a feeling about a woman who goes to process her trauma in the woods and what that process looks like and it's bloody horrific. That's my All right. That's that's what I saw in this movie. That's what it is about, uh, more or less. All right. So men, this just came out uh didn't do well in the box office, so that's why we say you should go see it. But why is this a shut up? I love it. Is it just simply that reason that it didn't do well? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of shocking how people are, even people who saw it, they still all have problems with it, it seems, online. I, I haven't seen that really anybody rave too much about this movie at all. I see a lot of uh, people getting upset with the ending people getting um on like just being not satisfied with the storytelling and it's just everybody wants this movie to be something that it's not and not anything that probably alex garland ever wanted to be he made what he wanted to make it's fucking alex garland a man <laughs> it's alex garland but you know who made one of the best films like um uh Ex Machina and Annihilation, and he made Devs, a former topic of Shut Up, I Love It. So I think the guy freaking knew what he wanted to make, and yet everybody is pissed off about that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge uh, Alex Garland fan, as is Sasha. Joe, uh, yeah, Joe, big, how do you feel about Alex Garland? Big fan. We should maybe, if we have rankings of his uh, four biggest projects. We should maybe do part of the the fucking scale, everybody. It's possible. It's possible that we will do that at the end of the podcast. But what I would say, like, we know Alice Garland from from Ex Machina, from Annihilation, uh, and now from Men as a director. But previously, he was a novelist, wrote the book The Beach that uh, Danny Boyle adapted into a movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Not the best movie, but he... Never uh, Let Me Go. Alex Garland, yeah, he, he he went on to write the script for Never Let Me Go, which was directed by Mark Romanek, a great music video director. Didn't see that um, film. I hear it's interesting. It uh, but he also he wrote the screenplays for 28 Days Later and also Sunshine, two other Danny Boyle movies. And I got to say, a big fan of 28 Days Later. Also, huge fan of Sunshine. Uh, not a perfect film, but uh, but I highly recommend. That's that's a an incredible sci-fi movie that, that uh, goes goes over uh, is is overlooked quite often. So, um, and then and then you know the final project of his it's worth mentioning is Dread, which is the second attempt to uh, oh. to film uh, the Judge Dread graphic novel comic book. Uh, which 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 uh, he didn't direct it. He he wrote the screenplay, but Carl Urban, uh, star of Dread, claims that Alex Garland really was the director, uh, like or at least did a lot of the directing, uh, and went uncredited. So so anyway, so that, that that's like his uh, his history, and I would say that um, you know Annihilation is of all those films is my personal favorite and uh annihilation is is a masterpiece well fuck it let's do the ratings okay rankings. so rankings so annihilation is your favorite 
without going on a tangent, what what are your other? <laughs> I don't know if I'm capable of doing that. <laughs> what are your what? How how do they line up the rest of them? You know, you don't have to get into sunshine and what whatnot. But let's just say the big four, the right? The big four, yeah. Which are what? Annihilation, Ex Machina, Men, and. Dems. And devs. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go number one is Annihilation. Number two is devs. Number three is Ex Machina. And number four is men in, in order of best to worst. <laughs> Although I would say they're all great. They're all, they're oh. all good. Well, uh, yeah, there's certain things, you know, talk to me about my, the worst Tarantino movie. And it's like, well, how, what do you mean by worst? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Death proof. No, that's number one. <laughs> number four. Uh, we're not talking about that. Once but, upon a time. Let's see. Oh no, that's number one for sure. Oh wow, oh, we, we, we have this tan- oh, we wait, have inverted tangent. scales. Yeah, I was told. Don't that, let me get off on a tangent. I was either. told this is not going to be a tangential part of the show. So I, I'm just. Uh, I know. I I need to be kept in check as much as anybody else. I'm gonna say, uh, devs, ex machina, annihilation, men. In best to worst. Yes. So, so you like Debs the most? Yeah, I think wow. so. I love it. I respect it. I'm a huge fan of Debs. Was I on the episode when you guys did Debs, or was that someone else? Uh, I don't even know. Michael if I Lucid. Was there. Michael Lucid. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't <laughs> recall. Right. I, well, I've done so many of these episodes. I'm like, was I? Was that one of my topics? Because I, lo- <laughs> I, I'm a huge fan of Debs. I mean, we we discovered Debs when the pandemic first started, and it was it was quite a treat. Uh, indeed. Made it all worth it. Early pandemic, pandemic treat. How about you, Sasha? Obviously, um, men somewhere in that list. Yeah, yeah. I would it say strangely. <laughs> I would say strangely, annihilation, devs, man, and then ex machina. I know. Wow, no, uh, no dance scene in those other movies, though. No dancing. The referencing the famous ex machina dance scene. Everybody. Now I want to revisit ex machina because I remember we saw it in the theater, and I think I may have uh, fallen asleep uh, in the middle of it or dozed off, and so so I don't re- I don't. It, it's not like I remember enjoying it, but I remember like lo- missing out on a, a chunk of it at least. Um, so so I, I definitely want to revisit it because. Great movie. I mean, I mean, great looking movie too. No, fantastic great. movie. And I again, it's not. We're not saying here that any of these four suck, but oh, well, um, we're not. Whoa! Oh, right. We're not necessarily not saying that. Oh, right, right, right. Because we don't know how people feel about man. Even in this room, we don't know how we people don't. feel about man. We don't. Well, we just heard the rankings, and so it was number three as far as second to the bottom for me. Uh, for you, it was number three as well. For you, it was the last one. It was, uh, yeah, you're right. It was number four okay. for me. It was number three for you. What four. was it for you? It was number four. So, yeah. hmm. So, so interesting. We, we know our history of it. We don't need to get into that. We've obviously seen the movie recently. So we can get right to Sasha. Why do you love this movie so much? I love this movie because I th- think that it's doing successfully what a lot of films don't do, at least for me. It's not following really it's not really following a structure there's definitely a climax scene at the end but it's doing things that um successfully that normally i make me want to walk away from a movie which is basically tell a story through a feeling through um poetic images and um and like have a lot of shots of a person just walking around with the music playing underneath it which is something that sounds like boring, but to me it was very engaging. And then it had just the most badass, horrific ending that I thought was just stand. It just it just stood out by itself. Without it, like mm-hmm. the movie would maybe not be one of my favorites. But because it was there, I was like, "Oh fuck!" I'm just so happy that it exists in the world now, like in the public uh, eye. Yeah. What, what what I will say is that. Uh, before we saw the film, we saw it with my dad, Sasha and I, and Pops. Uh, so he's probably listening right now, eagerly. Shout out. Shout out to Absolutely. Roger Former Hunter. guest, fan of Mr. the show. Mr. Hunter to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> but, but so yeah, you're damn right, Mr. Hunter. Um, no, but so so uh, Dad, I don't think Dad enjoyed it. But 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 before we saw the movie, I was going on one of my signature rants, and I was talking about how. You know, when we, you know, we oftentimes walk out of movies, you know, Inside Out, the Pixar abomination is uh, one, one of the famous <laughs> times when we when we walked out of a, a, a movie uh, midstream. What, but, um, be, you know, oftentimes we'll walk out of a movie if we don't like it because it's almost never the, 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 the occurrence where uh, a movie gets better. Like if you get half an hour into a movie and you don't like it, it doesn't suddenly get better and suddenly become a good movie. It's, it's a very rare thing to happen. And I. It was my experience on men that that absolutely happened. I, 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 I wasn't into it. I was getting very disappointed and just, you know, uh, one like I was I was itching to leave the theater, to be totally honest. And, and then the last half or the last third of the film just kicked in the high gear and I was fully on board. So like so I, it, very rare uh, occurrence uh, where it starts off bad and ends up good. I also want to say that this film to me is doing another thing that I, a lot of people look for in the movies and I usually don't, but it's doing successfully the thing of reflecting the filmmaker's take on, like it's like his response to what the fuck is going on in the world. Like it really feels to me that it's like his take on what's happening with uh, the big awakening of man being fuck ups in the world including the Me Too movement and all that stuff. So to me, it's almost like he's like, well, let me tell you wh- how I see this. <laughs> let me did. tell you how men are. It, this is Alex Garland yelling drunkenly at a woman at a bar <laughs> about how men are. He's yeah. definitely mansplaining a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah, I but mean, I mean it, it, it is interesting because I would say it's definitely like a feminist film and it's definitely you know, uh, like critical of men. Uh, that's what the whole thing is about really. But, but, but it is interesting that it's from the perspective, it's written by a man, directed by and a man. mostly everybody behind the scene is man, which was a little upsetting at the end. Mm-hmm. There's some uh, people who worked in like costume department and makeup. There were, uh, seemed to be women, but uh, most of the people <laughs> who were behind the scene were all men, which was like, oh, fuck you. That's the irony of these, of movies like this that are feminist or attacking mm-hmm. men. It's like, it's usually made by a guy saying the point of view of a woman and still behind the scenes, it's all men. Yeah. And we'll probably have Alex Garland's child, in, who's a boy 15, 20 years from now, directing a movie and it actually will only reflect the cyclical nature reflected in the best scene of the movie at the end. Yeah, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, and and I mean I don't think it's it's a knock on the film that it's written and directed by a man even though it's about, you know, women being like you know, uh, uh, assaulted basically. Like, like to, to, to me, the film is about all these different ways that men inflict violence or inflict uh, that 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 traumatize women. And yes, it is from the told from the female perspective, which obviously he doesn't have. But I don't know. I feel like he has the he has this, a specific insight into like why men are bad people or how they can be bad people. And uh, you know, he 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 molded it into this really unique convention of having all the men in the film save for her, her deceased husband are all played by the same actor. So, uh, which I, I thought that was going to be a little gimmicky, but I'm, I think it's essential to how he made this film because otherwise you'd be, you'd be, you know, the, the fact that all the men are played by one actor, uh, it makes it a commentary on men as a, as a as a group, you Thank know, you as for a whole, mansplaining it all exactly. As exactly. if you are in the hot seat, which you're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm 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 just adding my own my, my my own insight into this. Would you like to take over? Yeah, I actually thought that for a while <laughs> until today that there were two actors besides James, uh, who was her ex-husband. I thought there were still two actors instead of one. What do you um, mean? Two men? I, yeah, I mean, first of all, a lot of white men look the same to me. Like, it's it's a thing that I constantly run in the movies where I would be like, this white guy looks exactly <laughs> like the other white guy. Like, I can't difference Fair between enough. a lot of, like... She's not exaggerating, too. She, she oftentimes will confuse 
very famous like Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise. <laughs> no, she'll, she'll be no, like, which one is the no, which? You not know? Tom Cruise, but Tom Hanks and like four other people. Tom yeah. Hanks and Tim Robbins. Yeah, and uh, people who look nothing like each other. Yeah. She'll still think that they're the same person, even though she'll know that they have different names. She'll ask if it's the same person. It's very strange. <laughs> Is that person with a different name the same person as that other person? With a well, she'll name? she'll see Tim Robbins and she'll be like, she'll, she'll be like, who is that? Tim Robbins. He's different from Tom Hanks. Well, yes, yes. That, that, I that can't a- tell you like exactly like if you put a picture just of one of them, Mark Wahlberg and um, Matt Damon. I wouldn't be able to tell you right away, like for a long time. <laughs> That's, Which one it is? That's maybe fair. Yeah, yeah. I'd add uh, Jesse Plemons to that. If you saw Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Matt Damon, and Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. No, so, that, that's yeah. just the uh, before diet and exercise, <laughs> during and after. That's True. all they are. <laughs> so I, for a while, thought that in men, um, the younger kid, like the younger, like the one the who was wearing boy. the mask, yeah, was played still by an adult, but I just... He just looks so much smaller to me <laughs> than because right, it was the body of a child. Yes. Yeah. So I I don't know. Well, that 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 was actually the 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 worst effect in the film, and yeah. like I mean, they really could have uh, done a better job as far as the visual effect goes. Because I mean, it looks like a really shit way to like like you know if I I I, I get the concept. You're taking this adult man using his face on this little boy but man it was shitty like I, especially compared to the some of the other visual effects that, that are in the film which were superb I, I thought that that was I really did garbage I notice that it was a bad effect I just bought it so I again but also I had to pee like 17 times throughout the movie due to my condition and uh, I you know probably missed out on some little pieces oh, here wow. and there so yeah. you're here talking on a podcast about a movie you haven't even really seen. It's <laughs> mm, about twenty-five minutes oh, worth of movie. You didn't. No, see no, it. no. I saw. I saw a lot of it. The only thing I missed was the figure <laughs> in the tunnel. Like that's the one the thing that I did not see, but I did well, you, read you about missed, it. You missed the moment where she's in the tunnel and she's kind of calling out, like a, a hearing echoes of her voice, and then all of a sudden, in the distance, you see this silhouette of a of a man, uh, uh, the titular man, uh, green man, pop up um, and start kind of chasing her. So you missed that moment. You kind of you kind of came back in when she was running or, or you know, hurriedly uh, walking away, scurrying away. And this is interesting because the actress Jesse Buckley, like she's also in the um, uh, Charlie Kaufman's last film. What was it? Oh, that shitty one. The one about on Netflix. The, yeah, the yeah. one that unfortunately we did not enjoy, and we had to stop it very much, way into it, like halfway in. Yeah, the, and that came also in the be- beginning of the pandemic, and we were very excited for it, like, ooh, this Charlie Kaufman movie comes out of nowhere, and uh, I found it uh, uh, unwatchable. Yeah, I so did I. So did I because I didn't watch it. Mm. <laughs> but it's interesting, like she's in these two movies, which are very like non-narrative films. The first one, you know, the Charlie Kaufman one that I saw, I, this is an example of like, I'm trying to watch something like that. And I'm like, no fucking way. Like, I cannot watch Synecdoche in New York. Jay loves it. I cannot stand Synecdoche in New York. So to me, it's just like, I cannot like fucking, first of all, too long. What's beautiful thing about man, it's a non-narrative film with a big point to make at the end. And it's short. It's not long. I would say experimental narrative Uh, it it was narrative i have a hard time calling it a non-narrative film just because it to me it seems like a straightforward horror movie not straightforward's the wrong term because i think it does do other uh, vibe and atmospheric things but it's like no this is just like what happens in a horror movie you say here's the girl or guy or men uh and then they're getting haunted until the haunt becomes so unbearable and that's the structure so it's true there is a moment in the film though um like the midpoint which is pretty much is uh when just things just change it's when she swallows like a part of the flower and that's when shit really hits the fan and i think like that's when narrative becomes more loose yeah, it it, bec- it becomes more dreamlike at that point, and per- that's the exact moment when you know it, it. To me, it kicks into another gear and suddenly becomes a really interesting movie. Up until that, uh, the, I, I I I was I was um, turned off by the the preponderance of 
uh, cell phones and like FaceTime. I mean, I just it was scene after scene of of the main character alone, and then she FaceTimes her friend, and then she's on the computer FaceTime. It, it was just like constantly. I was really disappointed with Alex Garland, who's such a such a like a master of cinema and and storytelling. And it was just this scene over and over again of just someone staring at their phone, and I, I just I I, but, I, I can't. I, I was it really took me out of it and bums me out. And then she swallows the the pollen from the flower, and then it becomes awesome. Well, Alex Garland is always about technology versus um, nature, <clears throat> like all of his technolo- technology movies and TV shows set in nature. So, you know, maybe, you know, Zooms and Facebooks is not the best way to approach technology, but that was definitely the thing that was pulling her back. Yeah, I, 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 some I, it, it's something that I just don't like in all, in all kinds of works, you know, contemporary works where it's like, I get it. We have cell phones. We do FaceTime. We do Zoom these days. But there's just something it's like anti cinema. Like like as soon as you are holding a phone in your hand and there's a person talking to you, their picture on the phone and it's just like shot reverse shot over the shoulder at the phone back at the person holding the phone. It, it just like it, it's it's just like devoid of any sort of. You know, like it, it pushes me away instead of it doesn't draw me in. So, but then you can't get the scary, weird static in the phone with the scary guy's face that doesn't make any sense. No, it never really <laughs> clear, clears anything. Yeah, and you know, and, and 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 there's mo- she's walking around giving a tour of the house while on FaceTime, and the naked you know stalker man's like popping up at windows. Like, so you're thinking like, okay, maybe we have this this like awful FaceTime scene because her friend's going to see the bad guy but right. behind her or something and never really happens. I mean, I don't know. I, I get it. It's like, it's hard to have a movie about one person alone. Um, Cause they're just going to be alone. They're not going to be, there's not gonna be a lot of dialogue um, that isn't horrible, like completely forced and unnatural. But, uh, but yeah, that, that, that was the part I was just, I, I couldn't get over the fact that like the begin the first half of the movie is a lot of shots of, the main character walking around, you know, not really doing anything, just walking around, and then shots of her on FaceTime. But once you get through that, you're fucking doing great. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I actually, to me, it was fine. The first half, I really enjoyed it. To me, it was a lot like Annihilation, like it had Annihilation vibe of, you know, just the protagonist arriving into this beautiful place. And also, Ex Machina, the same thing, arriving in this beautiful place, be like, whoa green uh, trees what the fuck am i and that's what's for this movie was like okay this is what i came here for to start healing and like her friend and her mentioned the word healing and like healing from trauma because the character lost she lost her husband to suicide that he predicted would be her fault and so then she's there to heal and for a while, it looks like maybe just walking around is going to be fine and you're going to feel better at the end. But of course, healing is ugly. And that's what it becomes. She has to really confront the very idea of like what a man has done to her and uh, what man as a species, as a, as a whole, what role they have been playing in her life. And that's when it becomes nasty, part two. And so I want to talk about your thoughts on the end, but I don't know if we want to jump to that. And I mean the very end. Well, I do. We should talk Fuck about yeah. the big showpiece scene. Gotta, gotta. But let's just go to the end where, of course, the friend, uh, the after the amazing showpiece scene. Yeah. What's birthed is her ex or whatever. I don't think they ever technically broke up, but because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he died. True. Uh, but he shows up and then she, you know, has her, her moment with him. And then the friend or I don't even know who it, who that is. Her friend, yeah. sister, girlfriend. Yeah. I don't know. She shows up and it seems as though everything actually happened. Yeah, everything did happen. So what do you think about that? Well, I would be disappointed if the answer was like, it never happened. It's in her head. But does it even have to be definitive? Because that's what bothered me. It's like, okay, if the movie just ends with her and her ex on the couch, boom, to credits. Okay, we don't even need to answer if it actually happened or not. The movie is not even saying that. The movie is saying that experience happened of watching that, that emotional journey. 
But then having that scene, it's like, oh, it happened. Now I'm asking, okay, what was that like cursed people? Where's the metaphor? The metaphor starts to die at that point for me. Yeah, I would say so. But then I, I felt very um, uplifted personally by her friend just arriving there and being like, hey, I'm here for you. Like as simple as that. Mm. Um, kind of bringing her back to this world. So if it ended with the f- husband on the couch where they have a talk, like resolution of um, just trying to talk through the thing that happened, his suicide, um, then it would be, I, I would honestly still be like not sure like how she's going to live the rest of her life. But because her friend arrives and they see each other and their eyes light up, I'm like, this is her coming back after this Dan Harmon's, Harmon's story circle into like back to the beginning where she can finally start living her life normally. Yeah, it felt necessary in that way. But I also didn't like that. It feels a little like I forget what other movie did that recently that I watched. That was a horror movie where it's like, oh, here's a whole dreamlike thing. It's cool. And then it's like, oh, it actually happened. Mm-hmm. And then you go, OK. But well. isn't that what? A lot of times happen in general in movies. <clears throat> like they're like, oh, it actually did happen. Well, it's never so dreamlike. You right. Know, like, well, I, I mean, I, I think that the film, I'd have to, re- it's a movie I feel like I need to watch a couple more times to really, like when we were walking right from the theater, I was uh, 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 like, I just felt like I, I need to watch it again with fresh eyes uh, to really decipher it. But because um, I think that I think he does, he he's, as a filmmaker, I think he likes to he doesn't like to be uh, like uh, uh, vague or, you know, have you have the audience put it put too much together. I think he wants to tell you something specific, but it was heavily coded uh, this time around. And, you know, I, I think something tells me that when the green man uh, who is like this sort of like uh, uh, like a pan C- Celtic, yeah. Like we thought he was pan, but we kind of did a little research, and I think it, like that it, it, it's basically like like a, like a pagan spirit of the woods, uh, which is t- often called the Green Man in mythology. Uh, when the Green Man kind of blows the the um, uh, what you might call it the uh, uh, cottontail or, or, or dandelion, like, da- yeah, the dandelion, and like the, the little seeds, the little wispy seeds fall, falls into her mouth. It's almost like from that point on, she's like under a spell or experiencing a hallucination. So I wouldn't doubt that like everything from that point on is is like you know all in her head. But it does nothing to explain the fact that 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 the same man is playing all these different characters throughout the film. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's strange. Like when she goes to the church and the, and interacts with the priest, that's the first time we see the kind of pagan stone altar with the green man carving on it. So it's like, you start wondering like, has she been on in this altered state since she showed up to the cottage or, or, or is eating the fruit since, Oh, that that's true. She does eat the fruit when she first arrives. So it could be from that point on everything. Cause that's right prior to her meeting the first man, right? The Jeffrey, Jeffrey. Um, that <laughs> love Jeffrey. That is Jeffrey's true. A saint. Jeffrey rules should not have been hurt at all. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> Jay was also defending Jeffrey a lot. Well, 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 at first I'm thinking like, well, all the men are bad, but but then I but then I thought, well, Jeffrey, he wasn't so bad, but he was bad because he 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 implied that that she should be married and that she, there was something wrong that she was all alone without a man, and so like the, the oh, he, she did misses, she did miss on her signature. That was her mistake. Now I'm one of these evil men. <laughs> she made the mistake of putting misses, whatever her last name is. For sure, but like, but 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 but, 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 but I, I think the, the character of Jeffrey is meant to represent um, one sort of category of men who, on the surface, are not yeah, um, who are not like you know bad guys. In fact, they they seem to be like good, supportive, like safe people that can protect goofball, you. Goofball, yeah, exactly. Every time he would leave the room, she'd be like, oh, "That was weird," but that's about it. Yeah, like like a yeah. harmless guy. But, but I, I think I think his character is, is to show like, hey, even this seemingly benign harmless guy has actually got a bunch of bad shit that he's doing as well and and is putting bad you know chauvinistic misogynistic vibes into the universe whether 
uh, he's aware of it or not. Like j- just totally. not as overt as the priest or as the little boy or as the cop. Um, you know, like like and in fact, like when juxtaposed with those like more malevolent male characters, he seems like the good guy. And that's kind of like I feel like I was. That was that was the trick was that he wants you to walk away and be like well that one guy wasn't so bad and then you realize oh no maybe just by by comparison um, you know he seems like a good guy even though he's he, he's he's truly uh, as bad as all the other men yeah I think that's what the movie's doing I don't think it I don't think he gets his his due because his turn on her where he attacks her is even just as if he's possessed like it's not the Jeffrey characterization who's like at his most extreme attacking her. It's I don't like think he, he Jeffrey goes, attacks her though. I, I think he he, through the door, the through the door. Oh, fucking when he, she was driving and yeah, the, yeah for sure. That's right. That is Jeffrey. But, I thought that was the cop for some reason, it's but, Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's Jeffrey. as if like he's possessed of that. It's not even like him, like him doing his, or is his thing. like shtick is over. This is who he truly is. That's how I saw it. Yeah, that's that's fair. Right, he's yeah. projecting this this outer shell well, of being him. a good guy. <laughs> she hit she him did with the hit car. Him. <laughs> she's so she, not. So she deserves she's culpable. It. <laughs> she's culpable. Flipped it. I, I'm gonna make a movie called Women. Yeah, and, 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 and have it be all about all the bad stuff that everybody's women do. making that <laughs> joke right now. <laughs> it is interesting. I feel like definitely this is a movie that if you saw it. The, the fact that you saw it and didn't walk out, let's put it this way. If you didn't walk out, if you finished watching this film, you probably w- would want to see it again. Again, I'm not saying... Because okay, we'll see, we'll hear from Joe, who clearly hated it. But um, but it is like a movie that you're like, I would like to see if there's anything else in there. Like, heavy coding. I'm not into big into uncoding of films in general. Like, that's not what I do. But it's just the feeling was right to me. Like, it felt felt right what can i say it's not very descriptive but it felt right to be like yes and then this man and this man yes like they're all look at that yes and some of them were really aggressive like the priest and some of them are like just a little boy but he's like oh you're not fucking entertaining me like you're not playing with me i don't know i don't know it was uh it was great and then of course it all culminated in the biggest set piece of cinema, probably. Let's just put it, one Very of the biggest good. set pieces of cinema uh, to go officially into the set piece. I, I'll let you have it. Yeah. For sure. It, it's something that, that we've never seen before, and that's always like quite the feat when you can make put something on screen that no one's ever seen before. And, and you know, do you want to describe what happens? Definitely, uh, because otherwise you would. And what exactly. the fuck I, would that I'm be? I'm being <laughs> generous. <laughs> I'm, I'm sharing. So at some point... When we're building towards the climax of the film, the last talked about so much talked about last 20, 30 minutes of the film. Um, we see one of the characters, I think it starts with Jeffrey, but I can't remember. And suddenly he gives birth. No, it starts with the, the green man. The green man, the green man, who is also one, like, yeah, like we spoke, one of the characters. He gives birth to another man through. A vagina that shows up in his body. It's like uh, in that iteration, it's under his dick and balls. I think so. Okay. He has both. Yeah, because right I don't remember the whole like line. Like, do you remember the entire order? I, of I don't things? remember the sequence. I just know like the vagina, the vagina. changed position. The vagina changed person. positions. So there's a vagina that shows up <laughs> near his genitalia, and he straight up like painfully like with crowning and all this other stuff gives birth. To grown man, which is another character in the film, covered in blood and just as gross as you imagine, and mucus. That thing crawls towards our character, and all she has to do is just stand there and stare. That was probably like her most boring day to shoot. Well, basically, that's her the whole movie is standing there and saying, "What? Yes, <laughs> yes." She, she. Yeah, she doesn't like. She's not a terribly active protagonist, and maybe no. that, that that's another thing you can criticize the uh the mansplainer alex garland uh for for doing because yeah (laughs) it it was kind of comical at a certain point like after the third birth happens um she they keep on cutting back to her like a wide shot or whatever and she's just sitting there like mouth agape watching what's happening and but so was the audience but so was the audience and in some way it was like oh so she totally like us is shocked by what she's looking at (laughs) yeah because they keep coming, they keep coming one after another and crawling towards the house, leaving the bloody trail behind them. So each iteration, 
would then give birth through a different orifice. Sometimes it would be a mouth and the foot would start coming out of the mouth, which is what I call breach. It's a breach to the mouth. Um, Life's a breach. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just great. Like it just kept going and going. It was endless. It was the same people, the two composers who wrote the soundtrack for Annihilation. And I fucking love soundtrack for Annihilation. I love soundtrack for this film. I even bought soundtrack for Annihilation. I might buy the soundtrack for this film. Somebody's just driving around LA and you play some creepy music in the background. It oh, feels yeah. good. And uh, yeah, and it was just fucking great to finally... When you say, oh, what if man gave birth? Well, this is how it would look like in this <laughs> horrific version created by Alex Garland. And just for that, I'm thankful. Yes, I think this movie is worth it for that scene. Like, even if you weren't interested in all of it, it's like, I loved that. It reminded me something out of the um, manga and anime Berserk, which has a lot of, like, awful demon killings and things. Just... So awful. It goes on for so long. <laughs> I love that. That That's when I felt really rock and roll about I think this. we all felt rock and roll that time. Jay, is that what you were referring to when you said you loved it? Yeah, I mean, I, when that started happening, I'm like, all right, now we got ourselves a movie here. Like, we, we're like, like you know, the, the, there's, there's this weird gore. And I mean, that's when it suddenly became, to me... You know, it, it reminded me of David Cronenberg and David Lynch, you know, this all like the great Davids, all the great Davids, the, the, this, you know, this kind Schwimmer. of crazy body horror that's happening. And, and I don't know, I just if you can be unique and novel with with an effect these days, it's an accomplishment. Like if you're capable, of, you know, because everything is so derivative. I mean, you could say it's a tribute to John Carpenter's The Thing in certain mm -hmm. ways. And I'm sure there's other films that you could you could say are, are connected to it. But I don't know. I'd never quite seen it done in that in that way before. And it seemed like it was the other thing I appreciated was that it seemed like a large part of it were was a practical mm -hmm. effect. Um, you know, so like not, maybe not every shot was, was practical, but like it didn't, it didn't jump out as, as CGI, uh, very much at all to me. It looked like they put a lot of work and effort into, into getting, you know, like, uh, th th these, these, these images and like photographing real objects. So, um, but yeah, but I mean, I think it's, it's also good. It's also in deciphering the film, it, it's important to know that like the, the final birthing, so all the men, male characters in the movie give birth to each other one one at a time, and then oh, in some sort of like like cycle or Mobius strip type of thing, and then it ends with her husband being birthed, um, and that's where the cycle stops. Is like is he, he being birthed though, or he just walks into the room? No, he, I, he he's was birthed. birthed. He was birthed. he was the final he was one. The restroom. Mm. Yeah, he, he was he was the final one to pop out, and then he kind of walks in, and he doesn't give birth to anyone else at that point. So that so it's basically the cycle ends with him, so to speak um and and you know but uh so again I, I i think there's something to be said or there's something there's a message he's trying to send with this film or like or like a specific story that he's telling but i i, I just i have to rewatch it to figure out and i may never and, figure out this message but i just again i just responded to it well and the other thing that I responded to well to was the use of flashbacks. Like, I think Alex Garland is really good at using flashbacks in general when he does. Flashbacks kind of annoy me for the most part. I don't need no flashbacks. Like, don't mm -hmm. do it. Um, but he does it so well because he was in this movie, at least to me, he was giving a reveal like in the flashback exactly at the time when I was like, well, what I need more, like I need more. Like, what, what exactly happened? And he would just give me enough, and it would always be like a set piece, super scary or fucked up or just upsetting. And he would just give me enough of that that I craved for those flashbacks, which yeah, I think he did the same in Annihilation. They're paced really well as far as like, okay, I'm kind of misdirecting you. Oh, I understand he committed suicide. Mm -hmm. But then you say, oh, no, their relationship, there's something more to it. And you almost think it's the suicide scene in other flashback scenes, but then you realize it's not. Mm -hmm. So I think all that was really effective in keeping you on your heels as far as what the truth really was to her trauma. Yeah. And also just to use that scary detail 
of like so her husband James falls jumps from like an older building I think it's implied that he falls because he threatens to commit suicide but uh, I believe it's explained that that he was try he was going out on someone's deck to try and get back in the apartment okay. and he falls which is a weird choice like I I can't I we don't know. I can't sort Nobody out knows. why he did that as a as a director, as a as a writer. Why he made that choice? Because when you see the husband falling, he looks like shocked, like oh my, oh fuck, like he just he he didn't intend this. So it's kind of like a misdirect. At first, you think oh he he committed suicide to 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 like you know a, a, as a threat, and then it's like no, it was it was an accident. Which I I don't know how that supports the the thesis of well, his the film. The thesis you know? she doesn't know and that makes her trauma harder. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. very important that she doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, she doesn't know and that's part of what like drives her crazy. And so, but then when he falls, he's impaled on a fence, like an old metallic fence with the sharp points at the very top. And I think an, his hand is impaled in one of them. Well, yeah, all the injuries the green man yeah. and everyone sustains are his exact injuries, which mm-hmm. I thought was very cool. I thought it was very cool. And I think that's... Really? The, the, yeah, his, the hand, hand is him. Is split it's in, split. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, In that picture. Yeah, so okay. that's why also you just... I mean, like, again, not to uncode cause, uh, or decode because I don't even do that really with the movies. But it, it's the fact that this is direct, like this is a direct connection between her husband, whose death she needed to process, and she was unable to, and also just his abuse, you know, like his verbal and a little bit of physical abuse that she has been dealing with. Just a little, just a little, just a little, just a little, it, just a little um, slapping around one time. Yeah, I mean, he's some, some good old fashioned abuse, you know. Yeah, like 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 a uh, good old like fried chicken and mashed potatoes, you know, <laughs> yeah. good old fashioned. So, stuff. so for, for her to process it, <laughs> it was just. Um, you know, like she, I mean, it's honestly, I, to me, here's what it is. Like the few first time I took mushrooms, I had to process like really old trauma and it was just ugly and it was like a lot of tears. And then next time you come back to mushrooms and you take them, you processing something that happened maybe in between, like since the last time you saw the mushrooms, at least that's how it works for me. So you don't have to go back to the old trauma when you were like mm-hmm. five years old or whatever. So that, but like the first time you take mushrooms, the grown adult, like me at least, not everybody. Some people take them young as teenagers. I was a grown adult. I had to just so much stuff to process that it was like ugly like that. It was like ugly just the way this sequence was ugly of the birthing. Mm-hmm. And it had the elements that were directly sending me to the trauma that I experienced as a child. So... Since then, the trips are not as intense, one, because your brain gets used to it, but two, is because you are, you know, you're just dealing with whatever, like a year or two of trauma as an adult. So to me, like that was, holy shit, she had so much work to do and she took a bunch of mushrooms, which she didn't, but she swallowed this little, you know, part of the flower. And then this was her healing was like, where she saw what generational trauma looks like, what generational abuse looks like in one horrific sequence where men take over just creating one another and passing on the badness and the evil. Yeah, to, to me, what, what it says, what this birthing sequence says is that it's not, her trauma is not just because of one man. It's it's all men and 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 that they're all sort of part of the same system or whatever you know like 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 all the all the negative tr- violence of all these men it all it's all like like they're it's part of a family of uh, a, and like a tradition and you know like like one one is birthed by the other and so that they're all interconnected it's not just like her husband was bad it's like all these men are 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 bad in some way. And, and um, no woman could have given birth in this world to a man who is evil. Like yeah. it, it had to be, it had to have been a man. And and it also starts with this, with, with the green man, quote unquote, who's like this primordial spirit of some sort. So, so again, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, it's like, it's coming from like this essence of like, of, of maleness or whatever, that's just pervasive throughout the species since the beginning of time. Um, so I, I suppose that that's sort of like what that sequence is representing, but 
That well, that's yeah. the the whole thing. I've heard a lot today that like you'll have to watch it again. I feel like you watch yeah. the trailer of this movie and it's like, oh, that's the movie. I get it. Like, but they saved the birthing, right? They, For, yeah, but yeah. even that scene, incredible scene visually. I think metaphorically, it's like, okay, yeah, like my father who was a bad man, not my little father. No, but he's great. Who was a bad man? He raised me. And I got his bad qualities. and Again, not it, you. It goes... Well, no, me. No, <laughs> and, that, and it goes down. And it's just like, okay, it's that. I get it. And like the whole movie is that. By casting the same actor as every man, it's like, I get what you're trying to say. It, yeah, and the, it's the very apples, simplistic. Having her... I, Eat the forbidden fruit. It's like, I get the movie. I get what you're trying so to say, clean, Alex Garland. Though. Like to me, it's very clean in how simple it is and short it is. And he was just like, like Alex Garland, just going like, oh shit, like yeah, no, all these men are finally like, like getting their comeuppance. Like the world is electrified on this, you know, reveal of these evil man. And he's like, so this is what I have to say about it. And like he just like puked it out this film and this is what it is yeah and, and i think part of the one of the things we liked about it is that it was so short and succinct but i, I, I also i w- w- my criticism of the film is like walking out of it i thought like okay i got what you're saying i i like this conceit of using the one actor for all the roles but i felt like you could have done a little more with it like i don't know i i i, I felt like the, the to me the movie was to, you know for it to be something great you know like a great work it's missing 30 percent or like there's just this chunk that that was that was devoid of it and and again I, i'm glad that it wasn't like an extra 45 minutes long i don't just need to snag the i but, don't need to neg the kinio. yeah exactly like i don't want it to be that but but it did i did feel like like the first half just was just me like it almost felt like the movie should have been 30 minutes long like it should have been a short it could film. have been a short film. i was yeah, literally yeah. about to say that is like this yeah. is a 30 minute movie or even like 70 i recently watched petite maman which have you guys heard of that movie? No. We, we saw a trailer for it. We haven't seen it. And the trailer is kind of like, if you've seen the trailer, you're like, okay, I have pretty good sense yeah, of what they this really movie is going to say. Up. And it does that, but it's it's just 70 minutes. It feels like it could be a 30-minute short, but because it's only 70, you're like, okay, I'll give it that. But it's like at the end of the day, just, oh, forgive your mother for how she was to mm. you. So and there is a movie about women. There's a movie about yeah, women. Yeah, Petit Maman is... <laughs> the movie men for women um so i feel like this is either like a 30 minute movie or just dude cut it down to 70 maybe we don't need to see a picture of a flower for 32 seconds Mm. even though i i will admit i did think a lot of the shots were so beautiful it's lovely to look at um go see it in a theater for that i think a lot of this movie is not as effective on the smaller screen yeah don't watch it on your fucking phone please yeah, I can't imagine it would have the same sort of gravity, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm glad this movie was made, and I'm glad that we saw it. It just doesn't jump out to me like it. it I think it will forever be known as a lesser work of Alex Garland. Whoa! Uh, what the you fuck know. for you? Maybe not for me. <laughs> I didn't say for you. I said for me, it will be forever known. Never I think for everybody, that. it'll be known as a lesser yeah. work of Alex. Garland. I speak for all men and women when I speak my my opinions, as we all know. Well, let's go to the ratings then, shouldn't we? <laughs> How do the ratings work, Jay? Uh, the ratings. <laughs> let me let me open up the the textbook here, the instruction manual, uh, to the thirty page section, which describes <laughs> w- how the ratings work. Basically, you take you take one thing, you give it a rating, and then you compare it to the topic of the episode. You give that a rating. Somehow, the two are interrelated. Uh, that's what it is. It's fine. He did okay. Okay, so we're gonna rate it on a scale of zero to ten, using something else as our basis of comparison. And here we go. Uh, we'll go first. Me and Jay will go first. So I'm going to rate it against a movie called Lucky. This is an independent horror movie, and it is about a woman who every night a man comes and breaks into her home and tries to kill her. But nobody believes, believes her, her, even when her boyfriend, who she lives with, experiences it too. The next day, it's as if it never happened or it was like... Is it a recent movie? Recent, a couple years. It's as if someone just knocked on the door, mm-hmm. you know, at night. Like, that's how everyone's reaction is. And it's very similar in theme to this. It's very, like, hit you in the the head with it. Balls. There's, 
Hit you right in if the, you have the schlock and balls. Mm, the schlock is back. Censor it for the younger audiences. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're all on um, board. Yeah, it, even it, it culminates in men just attacking women randomly and the women being like, what do we do? And some women being like, there's nothing we can do. This is just how it is. It's very mm. on the nose. Um, I think the only thing that movie doesn't have or doesn't have over men is budget. Mm-hmm. It shows its budget well, but I do think it's a better movie that explores this topic. I'm going to give that a 7 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Men a 5 out of 10. Mm. I think it's got some really great stuff in it. I love the chase uh, in like the first half of the movie. Love the... Even the, the message I agree with, and I think it's a really interesting one. I just think it's not... It's a 30-minute movie, 70-minute movie, something like that. I was hoping for a little bit more meat, um, but I guess even something like Ex Machina is kind of about as simple and like what you would expect. Mm-hmm. Oh, technology and AI will destroy kill us. <laughs> Spoilers <laughs> okay. for Ex Machina. Okay, I, yeah, that's pretty simple too. So maybe I was expecting more from it than it was than I got from it. Uh, so that's my story. Jay, you're next. You're sticking to it. Um, yeah, so uh, this is, uh, I want to go, I want to do several different things, but I got to pick one, right? Like, I, I just can't, you can do a couple, can't, just don't get this too... This can't be an hour-long wrap-up session. Don't get too crazy. But uh, I, I was going to compare it to another Alex Garland film, but I decided against that. I was going to compare it to Annihilation, but 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 which is a masterpiece. We already did. <laughs> we already talked about that. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll compare it to another film that's kind of about like a woman being traumatized and victimized and gaslit. Uh, which is Rosemary's well, Baby. Well, villainized, I think, is one word to use again instead of victimized when we talk about man. Okay, vi- vi- yeah. vi- villainized. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 Correct. sure, I, I think that she's being in in men. She is the actual victim, she's being, but she's being villainized. Yeah, she's being villainized. Fault. Okay, yeah, so, everything's her fault. Uh, v- v- very good. So the, the, <clears throat> this is kind of what it feels like to be mansplained to, right? Like when, yeah. you're, when you're saying something and then someone interjects and tries yeah. to change what you're saying. Well, that's my corrected. It's yeah. actually corrected, I think. Yeah. The well, the, there's like, some people would say like, 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 like when they'd be like, you're mansplaining, like a terrible chauvinist might respond by saying, well, also known as explaining. Right, you know, like this like, is not the right episode <laughs> or podcast for you to express. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying that's nothing what, about this episode has been right. I'm saying Sasha, that's what a bad so. person would say, and I would never <laughs> say anything like that. Never. Um, but yeah, so I would say like like a, a great movie about someone being uh, villainized, also victimized, and gaslit is Rosemary's Baby, the Roman Polanski. John Cassavetes, Mia Farrow masterpiece. That's that. That is a uh, undoubtedly a ten out of a ten. Doesn't get any better than Rosemary's Baby, in my opinion. Um, now, Men, I think, is maybe similar genre-wise, thematic-wise. I'm going to say it's it's a six. Uh, uh, if Rosemary's Baby is a ten, Men is a six. But but it, it's a six that. Like, I, in my mind, anything over a five is worth seeing. So it's like, I think it's worth seeing. If the movie had been a 30-minute experimental short film, I might be giving it a nine. Um, but but, but I, I, think it's, I think it's just, I expected more out of Alex Garland. Um, my, I have high expectations. Like, I think he's, he's brilliant. And I want to see a more brilliant version of what he did because I do think that the themes he's exploring are all very... Um, fascinating. They're interesting. They're, they're important themes, and and uh, but yeah, I, I just feel I feel like he he had this idea, and he should have spent more time on it, or he should have just shot a shorter version of it. You know, um, I you know I, I think this will be forever known as one of the lesser works of Alex Garland. The fuck do you? What do you know? How it's going to be known forever? Forever. Well, cur- currently uh, it's uh. currently it's considered his lesser work. Yeah, but uh, and we I don't say listen forever, to these he people. will be he will be known. <laughs> it will be known. Well, most importantly, most importantly, Sasha. Yeah. What's your rating? I'm gonna compare it to another. Well, one of my favorite movies of all time, that we're probably gonna at some point stick into "Shut Up, I Love It" episode, whether it fits or not. Midsummer. Um, so Midsummer is um, about a woman being sucked into craziness <laughs> as well. And uh, Midsummer is a 10. It's an awesome film. It's great. 
and uh, I fucking love it. And uh, if that's a 10, I'd say that man is an 8.5. Mm. It's, um, I did not feel for a second bored or wanting to leave the theater or feeling like, oh, I'm just so bored. Like, what is going on? I need an explanation. I want more from you, Alex Garland. I was so on board. Besides, when I had to pee. When I peed, I was not. I was sad to not be there. To not be there and watch this, whatever, just her walking in the woods. So, uh, to me, this movie, again, it's doing something that I didn't know a movie can do. Which is telling a feeling. And, like, a reflection. It's like he takes a mirror and against the world and what's happening in the world and like the mirror is where you see the reflection is this film that came up and I, I I just as a woman like also spoke to me like I'm gonna use this card but it's true because I just recognize the feeling of like yes and this guy and this man yes I totally get that and even the guy who like she loved James like but you see how much pain and he brought her and she's the bad one she is the villain for sure so to make it so beautifully in such a short amount of time and with one set piece forever to go in the history from now on is one of the greatest horror set pieces for the rest of time. Who are you to say that? <laughs> uh, 8.5 compared to the best. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Now, now follow-up question. Why? How do you feel about the fact that Alex Garland is a man making this movie, tell it, like telling this female story or this this woman's perspective how does that it doesn't feel opportunistic to me it doesn't feel opportunistic because he always like he usually has female protagonists anyway in his films like he's like Miyazaki he always has uh, like a female driven stories to yeah, tell and strong, even Domhnall Gleeson strong females strong females Domhnall Gleeson's a female I mean, on the men's scale. No, but 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 the much... but the villain who wins at the end is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I agree. But but like, so to me, it didn't feel like if I I did think about it, and I was like, do do you what do you? And the only thing that I'm still a little bit like, eh, is to like, oh, like okay, well, behind the scene, everybody was also a man, and I wish it was a little bit. But who am I to tell him who to hire? But it felt like might be a more welcoming place for women to work on. But that's all. Um, other than that, but in terms of him being like, like he's allowed, like, well, he's a man and he wants to tell the story. And I like, also like I'm heavily pregnant and, um, and like, I, I don't know. It was just something like, I was like, Alex Garland, are you also thinking about babies being born? <laughs> like, are <laughs> we lot. on the same page about like crowning and just like bloody, like human beings coming out of vaginas? Like, are we, are we on the same page? And we probably are, which made me also feel close to him. <laughs> it's very visceral. It seemed like he was a he maybe witnessed the birthing. He has two kids, I believe. And and I, I, I wonder if like part of this that sequence in the film was inspired by him witnessing the birth of his children. Like because because it was very much, it was it was very graphic, and, and it just seemed like inspired not by a horror film but like some sort of like like you know real life experience like you know we've seen a couple of birthing videos is what it is yeah exactly and hats off Accurate. to sasha she's she i think a lot of people that were are pregnant would have watched Maybe. watched that scene and would have run out of the theater i mean i was cackling laughing and she was she was giggling as well so the fact that we're we're able to uh or that she's able to we. to watch it the royal we uh are the fact that she was able to the watch Nintendo it and we. and not be upset by it uh oh. is uh uh proof positive that she's a cool person thank god we're sure. glad you not think some that not some her. basic bitch <laughs> who would have wow. been upset by it Sit, throwing the b word out on the men episode yeah, yeah no exactly. this is definitely a very controversial podcast we might either get canceled or connect with Alex. Well, I'm, I'm looking, won't be invited back. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Nor should we be. Uh, I, I'm excited to do the, the sequel of men, uh, children of men. I'm excited to do the episode. Children of men is awesome. prequel or something is it a like prequel yeah, i think it might be a prequel because it's like him as a kid or something like okay, that. okay cool yeah. cool yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's that's what i'm excited children for. of men is one of the best movies of all time i agree i agree no one's gonna disagree with you there all right well um 
what should I tell you about um, my plugs? Go on Instagram and Twitter at Shut Up I Love It One, and please follow us. So one is a number. So at Shut Up I Love It One, we'll love a follow. We also give a follow back, and we also love it when you click on a few stars. Just you know, go above three or four, and we'll be happy. Five. If you can't fucking bother. <laughs> Don't give them the option of three or four. <laughs> Just go five. You I want numbers. I want numbers. We're getting. We're getting them. So. Yeah. If you're the kind of person that, that comments on iTunes on a podcast and doesn't give it five stars, you're a piece of shit. If you go in there and put, do four, <laughs> you're 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 a scumbag. Yeah. Wh- who are you? Like, <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm doing my nuanced review uh-huh. of your podcast. Four out of five. You lost a star because one episode had. It's like. I understand. Like, I like the fact that it was free and that I'm just a big fat pig. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't perfect. So I'm going to give it a four instead of a five. You, you're a bad person if you do that. You, you make, make, make some snarky comment. Give it five stars. I'm not or associating do with any of this. this. Is very aggressive. This is some something it's else going on. Incredibly men. It's, it's like incredibly man. And there's something going on that I don't even like. Strong male energy. Well, a <laughs> vagina just opened up out of his neck, and a baby's coming out of Jay's neck. And the man is another J well thank you all thank you me and thank you man thank, thank you me and thank you thank you Jay for keeping <laughs> it together for, for keeping the ship floating at all times and thank you Alex keeping us on course steering toward uh, the paradise and thank you Alex Garland keep keep doing what you're doing we're all happy dread dread was the lesser Alex Garland piece of shit no Joe, my co-host, Joe, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, go to globalcomics.com. That's comics with an X instead of a CS. Bottoms up. My comic book is on there. And it's a really cool comic book service uh, because you pay. There's free comics on there, but you pay monthly. And your monthly fee only goes to indie creators whose comics you read. Does that make sense to everybody? If not, Pretty go good. to globalcomics.com. So if you're uh, passionate about comic books and paying creators, that's the place to go. Makes complete sense. Uh, you you can, uh, if you want to see more about me or experience <laughs> me more, uh, I think I'm, I've now fully taken over this podcast. So just <laughs> tune in next week for more of my podcast, <laughs> Shut Up, I Love It, uh, where you'll be hearing me rant and rave about things. No, just kidding. I will... I will uh, uh, hand over the hosting duties back to my lovely wife, Sasha Filer. If you do want to see more of me, and I know you do, go to go to Podween Satan, uh, which is the uh, best podcast in the world about the greatest band in the world. You can also go to patreon.com backslash Podween Satan, and you can subscribe to the bonus show of the best podcasts in the world. There's there's two of them. There's there's a free one and there's a paid one, and you can you can get involved in both those things, and you should. And you should. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork and everything else you do in life. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. We missed you. We missed you. <laughs> and thank you for listening. 